Hey, hey guys, and welcome to another fantastic out of this world episode of Getting Uneven. I am, as always, your host with the most from this planet, Alex Corson. I'm really excited for today's episode, as I am for every episode, but this one is going to be awesome, amazing. It's going to be a topic that has taken this generation by storm. It is one of the longest-lasting memes out there. Ancient aliens. Or as the actual name for it is, ancient astronauts. That's right. So, ancient astronauts, as in old, and astronauts, people from outer space. Um, Before we get into it, I do want to get a little sappy and say I really appreciate you guys, you know, showing support. Our Facebook page has hit over 100 likes. Um, I really appreciate it if you guys could just share that page, share posts, react to them, all that good stuff. You know, I try to share some good stuff, some funny stuff. There is a challenge out there right now I put out there saying that if my page, if this page of Getting Uneven gets to 200 likes, then I will let my fiance throw a dozen eggs at me and I'll record it and put it up on the page. So that's y'all's challenge. Um, yeah. Next up, um, I do want to mention our beer of the week or our alcohol of the week. You know, I am an adult and I can do this. So it's actually one I've had before, but I really love it. Um, It is called Einstock. It is from Iceland. And it is a white ale. Um, And it is very, very good. Mm. There's that ASMR stuff for you again. Me slurping down a beer through my beard. Um, <laughs> it's actually really good. It's got sort of a blue moon flavor, a nice, you know, it's not super strong like some ale, so it's nice. It's smooth. It's a very smooth ale. I love it. But yeah, so, okay, guys, let's get into it. So what is the deal? What is the fascination with ancient aliens? Or as like I said, we're going to call them ancient astronauts. The... Fascination has been there for a while on History Channel. The History Channel has sort of become like MTV. You know, MTV, back in my day, used to play music. It was music television. That's what MTV stood for. And now it's all reality TV and other stuff. You know, it started with Jackass, which I'm, I know I'm sounding old right now. I'm sounding like my dad complaining about stuff. Back in my day, they used to do this, you know. You know I love you, Dad, but you know, you know what I'm saying. So... Uh, you know, it's one of those things where they used to do all that, and then Jackass came along, and then Jersey Shore, and all that stuff popped up. And the History Channel used to be all about history. Every time I turned it on, it was World War II, it was Vietnam, it was the Civil War, it was all this stuff, guys in crazy reenactments, you know, some guy with an eye patch talking about what General Lee did wrong. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? I like this. And now it's all crazy-haired alien guys. Being like, aliens did it. Storm Area 51. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty cool. Uh, I may say ancient aliens every now and then. I'm not referencing the History Channel show. I have no link to that at all. They are not sponsoring this show. Neither do any of the beers that we talk about. Einstuck or uh, Hell Juicefer from last week. But, just want to get that out there. So, let's talk about ancient astronauts. So, what is... What is it? So it's a pseudoscience. Um, Let's break that word down. 
So pseudoscience, pseudo as in false or fake, science as in, well, science. Uh, pseudoscience consists of statements, beliefs, or practices that are claimed to be both scientific and factual, but are incompatible with the scientific method. So there may be some facts to it, like some scientific facts, you know. Uh, there may be some historical facts. However, it does not compute. It does not use the scientific method. You know, have hypothesis and uh, get, gathering hypothesis and gathering information, running your experiment, recording it, and being able to repeat it and get the same results, all that stuff, right? Scientific method, it does not use that. So, ancient astronauts refers to a pseudoscientific idea that intelligent extraterrestrial beings visited Earth, and made contacts with humans, made contact with humans in antiquity. So what this basically says is that, you know, aliens, as we're going to call them, basically visited, you know, our, our ancestors. And, and we're going to see, a lot of people think they did some crazy stuff. Um, you've heard some of these probably before, but we're really going to dive into it. Um, you know, so let's talk about the fact that, you know, let's talk about the beliefs first. There's three basic beliefs in this sort of idea. One is that we are possibly descendants of extraterrestrial intelligent beings. So basically, there were, uh, you know, these aliens, and they were on Earth, and then they had us, and boop, we're the descendants of them. The second belief is that we are creations of um, some extraterrestrial intelligence. So basically that aliens made us. Um, and the third theory is a little more popular. This is the more popularized one. That we evolved independently. Independently. There we go. Um, a lot of proponents actually suggest that, uh, this contact sort of influenced the development of modern cultures, technologies, religions, um, stuff like that. Uh, some even do argue that there's some, they had a hand in human biology. So the whole, they created us thing. Um, but not most of them. Um, deities from most religions, if not all, um, are extraterrestrial in origin. So basically, it's that, you know, they had advanced technology. They could fly and they could give us all this crazy technology. So therefore, they must, that is evidence of their divine powers. That's what people say uh, of people back in the day. Okay, guys, before we get too far, let's go for a break. Okay, guys, so obviously this idea of ancient astronauts um, didn't just pop up out of nowhere, right? So it had to have some kind of origins. So actually, that's going to be something called paleocontact. Um, there was some science fiction written in 1954, so almost 70 years ago, by a guy named Harold T. Wilkins. He was a British journalist. And he'd write on pseudo-historical topics, so like fake things. Um, sometimes he'd pretend they were real. Sometimes he would just do historical fiction stuff. 
Um, he had claims of like Atlantis and stories of Atlantis. People didn't know if it was real or fake, but he's really good at spinning these tales. Um, but you know, that sort of really brought it into the limelight. It popularized it. Um, I'm sure people had talked about it before, but people sort of probably marked him off as crazy or threw him in, you know, a, the nut house or whatever, you know. Um, but there would be some proponents. Um, over the coming decades. So we actually start off with two very, very popular people, and one very popular here in the States. Um, in 1966, so it was 12 years after Wilkins came out with that idea, He uh, there's a book that is written called Intelligent Life in the Universe, and it's by Losov Slovsky. He's a Russian astronomer, and believe it or not, Carl Sagan. The American astronomer. This is 1966, far be far before cosmos. Um, they actually devote an entire chapter to the argument that scientists and historians should seriously consider the possibility that extraterrestrial contact occurred during recorded history. So they actually take an entire chapter in this book in 1966 to say, "Hey, you know what? This is a real possibility. Scientists and historians should really consider this." Um, and, you know, it's really interesting. They say that pre-scientific narratives can offer a real, a potentially reliable means of describing contact with aliens. Um, you know, cited tales of things called owns, um, sort of like drawings and things like that, that are of a fish-like being that's attributed with teaching agriculture, mathematics, and the arts of uh, two early Sumerians. So these Sumerians had things called owns, which was... Um, like I said, uh, actually a creature drawings look like a creature, which is a fish-like being. Um, and he taught them all this stuff. And he was bringing us all this. And people are like, this is really weird. And he comes up over and over and over again. Um, now, they did stress that these claims were unproven and just speculative. Um, they really were there just to provoke thought, saying, hey, you know, this is an interesting idea. Why don't you just at least think about it? Like, throw it out there. Look into it. You know, do your job, right? Like, scientists say, hey, let's do our job, see if we can prove anything. Historians prove it. So they want to, they want these guys to basically prove that it didn't happen, which is fine. That's what they're there for. However, because these guys were so popular, and because they brought this into a respectable, two respectable names brought this into a respectable field, then some people started to run with it. Um... In the 60s and 70s, we have somebody named Eric von Daniken. He actually wrote the book, The Chariots of the Gods. Um, he took Sagan's thoughts and just ran with them. Um, he unfortunately used everything that Sagan and Shlovsky said. And it was speculation, like I said, but he unfortunately used it as validation. He took their speculation and said, hey, look what these guys said. They took this, and this means it's true. You know, just like whenever somebody says something and all of a sudden it pops up on the internet. If I say, you know, yeah, well, you know, I mean, if I, even if I sarcastically say, oh, yeah, well, you know, or if the, if, uh, you know, I'm trying to think of somebody, if Neil deGrasse Tyson today said, you know, maybe rainbows are a bridge to another universe, you know, but we don't know yet, right? People would say, DeGrasse, you know, Neil deGrasse Tyson says rainbows are a bridge to the universe, boom. And suddenly it explodes, right? And it's just that's it's it's happened forever. It's not that is not a recent phenomenon. 
Sorry, I had to drink some of my Einstock. Um, but yeah, so they were, uh, Eric, um, Eric von Däniken was the first to bring up a very popular, um, sort of debate and argument today, which is construction. So we talk about things like Stonehenge, um, Pumapunku, the Easter Island heads, the pyramids of Giza, the ancient Baghdad, electric batteries, things like that. Crazy things that are just, are just nuts, right? Um, how did they build these things? How did they have the technology to build these things? How did they move these multi-ton stones so far? All this stuff, right? Um, it's a really interesting, thought-provoking conversation. So people say, well, maybe they had help. The religious will say, yeah, it was God or angels or whatever. But the non-religious and those looking for an answer because humans love answers say, no, it was aliens. It was ancient astronauts. Um, basically that the extraterrestrials either directly built them or gave our ancestors the technology and knowledge um, to know how to do it. Uh, he writes that ancient art and iconography throughout the world illustrates air and space vehicles, non sort of non-human but intelligent creatures, ancient astronauts and artifacts of uh, just really, really advanced technology. Um, and there's some pictures of this up on Facebook and Instagram you can see. Um, it's really interesting stuff. It really is interesting. It's really thought-provoking. This is not something that's just like out there, like, oh, well, if you squint your eyes and look this way, it's actually pretty visible um, that it does look like a spaceship. It's very, very odd. I mean, what we consider to be a spaceship. Remember that. We've never actually seen one, but what we consider to be one. Um, they consider the technology of wisdom from aliens as supernatural. They see them as gods and all this stuff. Um, going back to those iconography, that iconography, there are some hieroglyphs that actually look just like helicopters and it's very odd. Now it could just be a symbol. Very easy, but it does look like a helicopter. Now I'm saying all this and a lot of people said that Danikin was using something called confirmation bias. Um, everybody does it. What it is is that you have a thought in your head and you read some data and you take that data and you read into it that you are correct. It's like if I am debating, if me and my friend are debating, is that dress black or is it navy blue? And somebody says, well, it's not red. Then I'm going to say, well, see, that means you're wrong because it's not red. It means I'm right. They didn't say that either one of us was right, but we're reading it that way. It's, it's a little more complex than that, but it's very interesting. We do it every single day. Um, so actually moving forward a little bit, in 76, um, there's someone named Zechariah, sorry, Zechariah um, Sitchin, writes the book called The Twelfth Planet. Um, it is an interpretation of Sumerian and Middle Eastern text and megalithic sites. Um, so this actually, this is a real book. This is not a historical fiction. This guy says that the gods of Mesopotamia were actually things called Anunnaki from the planet Nibiru. He said that they came to earth about 400,000 years ago to mine gold. 
Um, they got tired of doing all the work, um, which is understandable. And they planned to genetically engineer laborers. So after lots and lots of failed attempts, they finally created Adipa, or the model man, or Adam. Uh, they were very active in human affairs and culture until the end of the Ice Age, the most recent Ice Age, about 12,000 years ago. They saw that their humans had survived, and the alien creations were destroyed, um, so they left Earth and gave humans the means to govern themselves. So let's go back over this real quick. These guys said that they had their own planet, they came here to mine gold, but they got tired of it, so they're like, let's create these things called humans. They create humans, they start mining the gold for them, but then the Ice Age happens, and they're like, oh god, all our stuff is gone. Our stuff that we're aliens, and we can travel all these light years, but our stuff can't handle ice. It's a little odd. Um, so there's a lot of things going on. Um, there's actually a Semitic languages scholar named Michael S. Heiser, and he actually said the translations that he used that this uh, Sitchin used to sort of translate into his story, translate his languages, his Sumerian languages, into what he read them as, they were very inconsistent. So, we don't know. But let's go to the same year, 1976. A guy named Robert K.G. Temple. Okay, so he is going to write a book called The Serious Mystery. Serious as an S-I-R-I-U-S, like, like uh, the star. Um, the uh, star Sirius, it's one of our neighbors. It's, uh, he said that the a Dogon people, the Dogon people of Mali, country in Africa, had extraterrestrial visitation 5,000 years ago. And these ETs, these aliens, these ancient astronauts, came from the Sirius star system, which is about 8.5 year, uh, light years away, which, if you know travel, it's, it's not that far, considering how infinitely large our universe is. Um, they had really advanced astronomical knowledge, of course. Uh, the, the Dogon people of Mali did. So he said this must mean that they were visited from visited by uh, these aliens. They couldn't have possibly done it on their own, like hundreds of other civilizations had before, and would do. Um, he compares and brings up uh, pharaohs of Egypt, Greek mythology, the epic of Gilgamesh, more specifically the uh, Mesopotamian poem. It's a Mesopotamian poem, and he's going to talk about all this different stuff. But in the end... He would, of course, CYA, and he would say, oh, I can't claim it's certainty. He never claimed it's certainty. He was never 100% on it. He wanted to seem like he was legit. Very odd. But yeah, it's, it's really, it's really something else. Okay, guys, so now let's talk about this. Let's see how far some people are willing to take this. We've seen that some people have been willing to base their entire careers off of this thought of ancient astronauts. They've written books and all this stuff, right? But these people we're going to talk about next are going to base a religion off of this belief of ancient astronauts. Sorry, guys. I had to get a drink. Okay, so... It's going to start 
um, with Helena uh, Blavatsky. She is a Russian, uh, but she's living in America. In the 18th century, she is going to sort of come up with this idea. Uh, and she's going to call this idea theosophy. Sort of uh, theological beliefs. And she's going to take this and she's going to say a, a few different things. Um, but really quick, theosophy is defined as any number of philosophies maintaining that a knowledge of God may be achieved through spiritual ecstasy, direct intuition, or special individual relations, especially um, the movement founded in 1875 by Helena Blavatsky. Um, and she's going to have a sort of, I'm not going to say co-conspirator, but a co-founder named um, Henry Steele Olcott. But we're really going to focus on Helena. Uh, she takes some stuff and she mixes, she takes this ET genetics sort of thing that extraterrestrials sort of bred us and mixes it with some occultism some Hinduism, and some Buddhism. So she doesn't really know where she wants to go, but she just starts mixing stuff together. And just like a lot of religions starting, she does that, mixes everything together. And it's 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 really interesting. Uh, there's not too much of it left, so I didn't get to do a lot of research on it, but it's very, very, very fascinating. Okay, so next up is probably the most popular... Um, popular sort of ancient astronaut belief that there is, or religion that there is. It is in 1952, a man named L. Ron Hubbard is going to start something called Scientology. That's right. So Scientology has really come in the news um, lately, you know, in the last probably 15 years, uh, because of the celebrities that have been said to be associated with it. Um, Jason Lee, my name is Earl, um, Kelly Preston, Jenna Elfman, uh, Kirstie Alley, John Travolta, uh, Tom Cruise has been the biggest proponent of it. And of course, Leia Romini, Leia Romini from King of Queens fame. She is also famous for having escaped this place, and it's really, really interesting. It really captures these people. Um, a lot of people say it's because they have money, and they're able to somehow get these people, but um, Scientology sort of presents two major divisions of the mind, has a bunch of different stuff. Um, we are immortal. Um, our life experiences transcend, transcends a single lifetime. We have We possess infinite capabilities, but mostly that we are sort of trapped alien souls in this human body. Um, a lot of other things that are really fascinating. I could do probably an entire episode on Scientology. I just had to introduce it here. Um, so I, I just want to give you a quick run through on that. Now, next we're going to talk about a couple of things, and I'm going to go into some good detail on these, because these are lesser known. Um, so there's something called realism. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. R-A-Umlaut-E-L-I-S-M. And it was founded in 1974 by Claude 
Vorilon, who would call himself Rael, R-A-E-L. So, Raelism, so the religion of him. So, Claude, it says that humans were created by extraterrestrial human scientists. So, they're human, they're what we are, but they were originally from somewhere else. Um, this is who they would call, he, this person would be named Elohim. Um, they appeared human to earthlings. Um, that's because the, that's a form they could take. They didn't want to freak out the humans. Um, so they purposely mis purposefully misinformed early humanity that they were angels, cherubim, or gods. So they basically deceived these people saying, hey, we're gods, angels, other things, right? So this is where religion comes from. Uh, some, according to Claude, uh, prophets or messengers of the Elohim include Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, and many, many others. So they're already starting to think of how to answer these questions of how do you explain, explain these major religions that take up 70% of the world? Oh, well, that's easy. They were prophets or messengers of Elohim. Elohim was the main creator. Um, and, you know, the founder believes uh, that he received a final message of the Elohim, and that its purpose is to inform the world about Elohim, and that if humans become aware and peaceful enough, they actually wish to be welcomed by them. So basically what they're saying is that we need to be peaceful. We need to not fight, not wage war, be calm, be cool, chill, relax, all that stuff. And the Elohim, these people, these these initial beings, these godlike people will be like, hey, you're cool enough for us to say, hey, we want to hang out with you. So it's like the cool kids saying, we want to hang out at your, your table. Um, in 2002, the company said that an American woman underwent a standard cloning procedure um, that led to the birth of a daughter, a.k.a. Eve. She was born on December 26, 2002, the day after Christmas. Um, a lot of stuff has been refuted. They've never been able to prove it. Um, but here's something really interesting. Uh, I have their logo up on Instagram and Facebook. But it is a mixture of the Star of David. Okay, cool, right? So the Jewish symbol. This is where they get into some hot water. The Star of David. And inside the Star of David is a swastika. That's right. The Nazis. People who hated Jewish people used the swastika. So the realists put the swastika inside the Star of David. Now, they said that the swastika was a sign of peace, which is, a lot of people will tell you it is. But it's angled differently, and it has negative connotation nowadays. Probably not the best belief, best choice. Remember, this was made in 1974, well after World War II. Um, but they do believe that advanced supercomputers of the Elohim are right now recording the memories and the DNA of human beings. And after death, we'll all be judged on this. So we're basically having our entire lives recorded. And they're going to go back and be like, okay, let's press play. You know, let's be kind and rewind and put this in, pop this in the VCR and watch your life and see how well you did. So really interesting there. This next one is sort of popular um, and sort of probably from you guys, the uh, 
you know, creepy lovers. So this is, we're going to talk about Heaven's Gate. Heaven's Gate. Um, in the 90s, it was a big deal. Um, it was actually founded in 1974. So same time as realism. Um, it was sort of a, it was an American UFO religious millenarian cult based near San Diego, California. Um, it was founded by Marshall Applewhite and Bonnie Nettles. So here's what they're sort of famous for. Oh man. On March 26, 1997, members of the uh, sheriff's office actually discovered the bodies of 39 members of the Heaven's Gate group in a house in San Diego. Um, uh, and they had all participated in a mass suicide, a co coordinated series of ritual suicides, in order to reach what they believed was an extraterrestrial spacecraft. So, uh, they believed that the planet Earth would be recycled or wiped clean renewed, refurbished, and rejuvenated. Um, the only chance for their consciousness, defined sometimes as the soul or mind, to survive was to leave their human bodies at an appointed time. So there was a certain time that they had to leave their bodies. And so they decided to take, you know, take this stuff and to, to kill themselves at this time ritually. So it sort of goes back to the human sacrifice of last week. But here we go. You may be wondering, how did they do it? If you're like me, you want to know, how the hell did they do it? So they, all 39 people, dressed up in identical black shirts, black sweatpants, and brand new black and white Nike Decades. Um, and arm bed patches that read, Heaven Gates, Heaven's Gate Away Team. So they called it their away team. Very interesting. Uh, like they're going away. Sort of clever. Got a nice little pun in at the end. Uh, they took phenobarbital and mixed it with applesauce or pudding. If that wasn't enough, they washed it down with some vodka. And if that wasn't enough, they secured plastic bags around their heads. And they basically put themselves to sleep with alcohol and this phenobarbital and then asphyxiated to death. Suffocated to death. That is brutal. <laughs> That's really brutal. Um, it's intense, guys. Alright, guys, real quick, we're gonna take one more break. Sorry. Okay, guys, now I've said all this different stuff, um, and I brought up what these people think. Um, but let's talk about the actual possible evidence, quote unquote, evidence that's out there. Okay, things that we can actually look up. And we can say, hey, man, this might actually say. Um, so in Hindu mythology, uh, their gods and their avatars travel from place to place in, a fly in flying vehicles called Vimana. So they're flying vehicles before flight besides animals is even really thought of. Very interesting. Um, in Ireland, there's something called the I'm sorry, I, I'm part Irish, but I don't even know if I can pronounce this. Tuathde, supernatural sort of race in Ireland. The arrival of the aliens in spacecrafts with cloaking devices. Um, 
It's really interesting. There's, of course, the Nazca lines in Peru. There are over 800 miles of sort of lines dug in the sand um, to, to show crazy, you know, designs, animals and everything. And this is done way, 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 way back. And it's amazing. They did this without any kind of actual, they didn't have aerial photography or anything like that, any kind of measuring devices where they could survey the land. They just sort of did it. And it was amazing. So some people say that they had to have some kind of extraterrestrial help. Um, there's, of course, like we said before, the megalithic site Stonehenge. Um, the stones, uh, you know, no matter what you think, you have to say it's an amazing feat. The stones, some of them are 30 feet tall, weighing as much as 25 tons, 50,000 pounds. Um, and they were 20 miles away. These things weren't 40 feet away, and they just took a few days to pull them. These things were 20 miles away, guys. It is it's fascinating. Um, then there's the Great Pyramid of Giza, that has over 2.3 million stones in it. I want you to think about that. 2.3 million stones. I want you to think about getting Legos. 2.3 million Legos and building that. But then I want you to think about these things weighing thousands of pounds and pulling them. And people have said, once again, that they would need alien help. Um, over 70 years, there have been thousands of publications on this stuff. And people have the right to make up their mind on this stuff and to believe this stuff and to agree with it. Um, it's really interesting. But before we, get into, before we finish the episode, I do want to bring up the biggest sort of most obvious proponents, and that is Christianity, believe it or not, has some of the most, I'm not going to say compelling, but some of the most used evidence. So we're going to go to Genesis 6, um, parts 1 through 4. And it talks about, it says um, the following. When human beings began to increase in number on the earth and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of humans were beautiful and they married any of them they chose. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days and also afterward. When the sons of God went to the daughters of humans and they had children by them. So this is basically saying that these people, these godlike creatures, angels, whatever you want to say, came down to earth and laid with human women and had children with them. They were called Nephilim. They were demigods, basically. So this is very interesting. Why is this just another sort of mythology thing coming out, or is this have any credence to it and let's talk about a big one my fiance and i just watched um the knowing or knowing with nick cage great movie really good movie i love the ending um but it sort of brings this up the book of ezekiel chapter one this is this is what it says ezekiel sees an immense cloud that contains fire and emits lightning and brilliant light the center of the fire looked like glowing metal, and in the fire was what looked like four living creatures. These creatures are described as winged and humanoid, sort of. Um, they sped back and forth like flashes of lightning. Four shiny objects, each appearing, quote-unquote, like a wheel intersecting a wheel. These objects should fly, could fly, and they moved with creatures. 
When the living creatures moved, the wheels beside them moved. And when the living creatures rose from the ground, the wheels also rose. So what this says is that they're in some kind of vehicle. And what's going on? A wheel within a wheel. So basically a circle intersecting a circle. Sort of like your modern spaceship, what we think of it as. So is that something? Is there something there? This has been talked about for millennia, guys. This is something that, that's not new. It's been talked about for thousands of years. What the hell does this mean? And of course, we also talk about the Ark of the Covenant. If you've seen Where's the Lost Ark, you know what I'm talking about. Something along those lines. Looking for the Ark of the Covenant. That that had to have some kind of alien technology with it. So guys, what do you think? What do you think? Do you think it's possible that our ancestors had ancient alien contact? That we come from ancient aliens? That we were created by them? Any of those things? Even a small possibility? Let us know. Uh, send us an email at gettingunevenpodcast at gmail.com. You can message us or post on our page or anything like that on uh, Facebook. You can message us on Instagram. That's at getting even getting uneven podcast. And uh, we actually changed our name on Facebook to just getting uneven. We're able to get get it fixed, so it's getting uneven. Um, you can do all that. You can find us on Patreon, of course, if you'd like. We're on Anchor, we're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Cast, all that stuff. It's awesome, guys. I appreciate your time. I appreciate everything you do. Share those Facebook posts. Like them. Laugh at them. Whatever you want to do. Like the Instagram posts. Get the word out there. Let everybody know that we exist. I really appreciate everything you guys do. You have no idea how much it means to me. Uh, Thank you, as always, guys. It has been an amazing, fun episode. Don't get abducted by the aliens. Let us know what you think. And as always, stay creepy.